Chase is alive. He killed my friend, now he's coming for me. He's got a death curse. Jason's a legend. I'm Mrs. Warrior, an old friend of the Christie's. Jason belongs in hell. You're joining me if you stay here. Never come back again. You see, Jason was away somewhere, and today is his birthday. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Camp Blood Radio, a.k.a. Return to Camp Blood. I am your host, Nathan Barker, and joining me tonight is the drunk uncle, Uncle Kenton. One and only. Here I am, guys. How you guys doing? We are here and ready to rock and roll. But before we get started, just another follow-up to Kane's Dick Riders and still crickets. Nothing. Nothing. More and more surprising every week. I am shocked. I literally think, hey, when I wake up this morning, there's going to be some hate mail, maybe uh, another dumbass comment. Nope, they just kind of, they just kind of went away. But I can assure you, we have some more Kane content coming up, and I'm expecting to, to at least hear from some of you. If not, I'm going to be shocked. So you know, let let us know. Come on, we know you're out there. I am seeing a lot of love for uh, four and six. And the feedback, there's a lot of people talking about four and six. There, are, there is, yeah, absolutely. And of course, um, and we'll, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. But, um, anyways, the uh, the last episode, uh, best Jason Undermask, that seems to be getting a pretty decent response so far. And of course, there's a few of the usual random ass fucking comments where I can clearly tell you didn't even listen to the damn episode. That's like. Why even comment? I mean, you sound like a clown. Now, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. specifically like call anyone out, but damn, come on. Our, uh, you'll do an episode on on Jason X, and somebody will be like, Adrian King was the best Jason. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Right. It's not even any. It's not even related to what we were talking about the whole time. <laughs> exactly. So <clears throat> I'm looking at all these posts and all these shares, and I, I probably have missed some comments here and there because sometimes you just can't keep up with the notifications or whatever. But you're right. You'll see it, and it's like, what the fuck is this person even talking about? This has nothing. They clearly did not even listen to what we just said. You know, I was really expecting with that one, everybody to not just the not just the dick riders, but. I was expecting everybody to jump to like dogpile on the part seven because it just seems to be such a, I would say that it's probably, you might disagree, but I, I think that it's probably the most cosplayed and it, everybody seems to love that under mask. So I was really expecting everybody to be like, no, that's fucking, that's number one. That's number one. But um, that's not what happened. No, not at all. And I was kind of expecting some of the dick riders to jump on that too, just because, but there really wasn't. I mean, there was some people that chimed in some pretty constructive stuff and, it um <clears throat> for me i love i think seven pretty much rules from the neck down you know like we talked about the other appliances are badass but they kind of lacked on portions of the head compared to like part six where it's pretty well-rounded you know but um I, yeah i was kind of surprised because i figured there'd be a shit storm over that simply because of the dick riders and blah 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 but they've been pretty quiet but i mean we didn't talk shit about the seven by any means like I said, they it's all kind of have. Look. It's a good one. It is, yeah. They all they all have good points to them and stuff. And 
everybody was pretty constructive. I didn't really see anybody throwing any any hatred around towards any of the choices. And I appreciate people chiming in and saying, hey, you know, I really love part four. Or I really love this. I really love that. And like I said, we we appreciate all of them, but there can only be obviously a number one or number two, et cetera, et cetera. So just our opinions, like I said, for those that like, say, part four the best or whatever, I mean, then I can obviously – you know, I can, I can understand that, but it is what it is. So uh, thanks to everybody who has chimed in. And like I said, if you want to hear us chat about something, feel free to drop us a line. We're open to suggestions. We obviously will do listener requests since that's what that episode was for best Jason under masks. That was a, uh, a listener request. So please send us in anything that you want to hear us chat about or talk shit. And we will definitely do it. We're always looking for new content, even though right now the list is just getting super, super long. There's like I mentioned before, no shortage of show material at camp crystal Lake. So be on the lookout for all kinds of good shit. And it just changes by the day. And I've also seen a couple more fan films popping up, which I'm not going to, I'm not even going to mention them right now. And, uh, but that's just adding to the list and plus the people that go along with those. So, <clears throat> like I said, it's just the list is really growing. So, oh, that's a anyways, good way of putting it, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but I will say that I, I'm trying to reach out to Tom Morga, and I have been unsuccessful. Now I know he's busy at Home Depot. I get it, but we it's just grill season, like, man. It's it's fucking grill season. It's going to be Labor Day weekend. I get that you're busy, Tom, but grass is growing. There's shit to do. There is shit to do. I mean, and pretty soon, depending on where you live at, we're going to, there's going to be people that need snow shovels and uh, uh, fucking rock salt for your dry uh, sidewalks and shit. I get it. I trust you might me. I'll be able I to work him in like late October, early November. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe, maybe in between like whenever like the last time you mow your yard and shit you got to winterize your your lawnmowers and stuff and then like right before the first snowfall for those people that experience the fall season there's a sweet spot there where i'll have some downtime i think so i think so so anybody that has a direct connection to tom morga please reach out let us know and we definitely want to talk to him amongst some other people but tom morga is really on on the fucking radar right now so uh some other good alumni i've spoken with they're on board so be on the lookout like i said there's a lot of good stuff a lot of good shit that's getting ready to come out so definitely stay tuned and also i probably should address that even though it's only been a week no hate mail from mr mark tefner nothing crickets not a fuck one of those riders yep he's not not a fuck you back not anything at all zero response So, yeah, so for those of you that listened to the last episode, let us know what you thought about the very ending, because I seriously was fucking cracking up over the ending. (laughs) It it could not get any more of a dagger than that. I just wish I hadn't been on a phone. It would have come out so so much clearer. But, yeah, the the way you wrapped it up there, that was just great. (laughs) I, I seriously, so... I uh, I actually edited that a little bit, so I chimed in a couple things. But anyways, right at the very end, when you kind of threw that jab out there, I'm like, that's the perfect way to end that. And I, I totally, oh, absolutely, I totally <laughs> fucking forgot that you even said that. So I'm I'm doing the little last minute, you know, edits to get it ready to go, and then I hear, <laughs> except for you, Mark, fucking dick, I just fucking lost it. Oh my God. I'm like, that is, that is Mike drop right there. We're going to leave. We're going to leave that shit. We should try so, to get him on. 
yeah, hey, Mark, you know, if you're listening, rather than the hate mail, just uh, just send me an invite that you want to come on and chat, and then we'll we'll talk about whatever your obsession was with Victor Miller or, you know, the game or whatever it was. So, absolutely. That's a good idea, Kenton. I'm open to conversation with Mr. Tefner. Absolutely. Not that we won't still maybe hashtag fuck Mark Tefner. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely still do that, but I do like his insults. He sounds like a, a fun guy to talk to. He does. I mean, his um, – his wording was just superb, stupendous, if you will. <laughs> Judging from his his uh, comment, though, he's not a, doesn't sound like a fan of the podcast. No, so. <laughs> no. Uh, what did he say? The drizzling shits. Drizzling shits. Yeah, I actually wrote that down. I'm going to try to remember that for the next time I argue with somebody. That's awesome. That's, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. And also, I spoke with comedian Brent Terhune earlier today, and he said that it will probably be a few weeks before he's available. He had some stuff come up, and then, of course, he travels all over the country with his stand-up. So by the time he gets all that taken care of, and then, of course, with the travel schedule, it's looking like, I'm just going to call it maybe about a month. I told him I could pretty much put him in wherever, and I could move some stuff around. But I'm going to guess that that might be maybe about a month. So maybe around the time of Horror Hound weekend, which we will actually be hanging out with him anyway. So maybe we'll just record it right there at Horror Hound and then broadcast it live. So who knows? We will just have to see when that gets here and looks like looks like about a month. So well, whatever the wait time is, it's going to be worth it because that dude is fucking hysterical. Absolutely. And I, we got some good stuff with him. So definitely be on the lookout for that because we're going to step outside the box a little bit, but we're also going to keep it in the horror genre too. So Anyways, moving on from that and another update of sorts and our Camp Blood Radio takes over the world campaign. I shit you not, just in the last few days, we've gained five new countries that have tuned in. No exaggeration. So, Republic of Serbia? What up, Republic? I don't even even know where that is. I don't even know where that is. We're taking over Europe. I'm telling you right now. Okay, it's, it's okay. About we were taking over the Middle East last week or the week before last. So it's, well, it's a Europe world tour this week. It pretty much is because most of these are, well, not all of them, but a few of them are in that neck of the woods. So I thought, I think we were only missing like six or seven, and now we're just down to like a few. So what up, Republic of Serbia? Add that one to the list. <laughs> and what up, Montenegro? <laughs> that one especially is funny. The yeah, most uncomfy country on earth. <laughs> right. Like I seen it. And I'm like, where the fuck is that even at? I didn't even know where it was even at. I mean, I haven't looked at like a world map, like up close since I was in like fucking sixth grade anyway. So some of these countries, like, I don't even remember where the hell they're even at. What up my Montenegro. That's right. And we got Moldova. Moldova. I don't, I don't, I've never heard of that one either. It's right in the same neck of the woods. What up Moldova. What up, Moldova? And now, now we know we're we're really making a name for ourselves because these two right here, one especially, is just is really starting to put us on the map. Now I know there's a lot of stoners that kick it with Friday. I get it, but we're we've finally added Jamaica. What up, Jamaica? The most chill place on earth. I would love to move to Jamaica and just stay there. Absolutely. I've been there and it is definitely a super fucking chill spot. So what up Jamaica and what up Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, a, a kind of, I don't know what you, a weird little extra thing that 
that is owned by the United States, but doesn't really have any say in anything. <laughs> well, exactly. But they obviously they have electricity and they got the Internet. So they tuned in. Yeah, I hear it's a beautiful place. I have not been there, but maybe someday. So I think when we do conquer the world, except for those few countries like in the Middle East or whatever that don't have power, we probably won't ever conquer those. But if we get everybody else, I'm going to consider it a takeover. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. We're we're we are uh, doing what North Korea wishes they could. Absolutely. Yeah. So when that happens, and I'm telling you right now, we're not that far off from it. When that happens, we might just do a world, a Camp Blood Radio world tour. Why not? I, yeah, yeah. We're popping up on the map like herpes on a Detroit prostitute. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I mean, it, we'd be like the Wild Boys, like Steve-O and Chris Pontius. Just traveling instead, around fighting dick riders. Exactly. Like, like Russell Crowe in South Park. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine the possibilities? It seriously would be like a cooler version of like the Wild Boys or Jackass. Hey, speaking of, this is off topic. Have you watched Bam Margera having a complete mental breakdown on Instagram the past two two days? I did not watch the Instagram posts, but I read an article about it. Oh, geez. Seriously. He's been a mess since like for 20, over 20 years. And I've met the guy in a bar and he was fucking wasted. And so, I mean, but that was even shit. I'm trying to think that was maybe like eight years ago. And we stood there and talked for a little bit. A friend of mine was doing security at the place he was making a, an appearance at. He walks me up, introduces, us, you know, whatever. Shake hands, click bottles. And dude was like totally out of it. Like to the point where he could talk, but he, it, it really wasn't productive conversation. So it goes in spurts because I've, I've seen a bunch of pictures of him. I can't remember what convention he was at. Maybe Mad Monster out in Arizona fairly recently, or I don't know, maybe one of the day, maybe Days of the Dead somewhere. I don't know. Anyways, moral of the story, he looked pretty good. He looked very, very good compared to what I've, what I'm used to seeing him. He's and then slowly sudden, turning into his dad. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he looks more and more like him every time I see him. And then, of course, seeing this, whatever this fucking meltdown was over the kid and his mom and all that shit, I really didn't dig too much into it because at this point, it's old news. It's like, whatever, dude. Yeah, sorry for for detracking us there for a second. I just had to get that off my chest because I was watching it unfold like, good Jesus, this guy's a train wreck. I mean, the world's a fucking train wreck right now. Between yeah, Bam, yeah. That's, I mean, that's so true. It is. So between Bam and... It's either that or there was a mass shooting somewhere. Yeah, just, you know, times are hectic. You can't be safe. You're not safe walking down the street. You're not safe getting a fucking Cinnabon at the mall. You're not safe standing next to Tom Morga in the, in the like, gardening section of Walmart. It's just Home Depot mess. Not Walmart. Home Depot. Now, one of those shootings was at uh, Walmart, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah Tom Morga only goes to Home Depot. Yeah, that's uh, okay. I got you. I'm telling you, Tom Morga, you need to stop helping people carry shit to their car because you might be next, buddy. We can't have that. We can't afford to lose you, Tom. You got to no. stay with us, buddy. You're you're Jim. Absolutely. And we're gonna we're I'm making an effort, and hopefully somebody hears and they have a connection and they can reach out and we can make this shit happen because I think that if you were to listen to us talk about you, you'd probably get a good laugh out of it. Yeah, because it's all out of love. Absolutely. 
All out of love. We love we love the guy. I mean, he was second most interesting, basically, even though technically Kane should have been number one and Ken Kersinger should have been two because Kane was Jason four times and Ken was twice. But still, I mean, he was the man. And that that's like that's quite the accomplishment to be that high up on our list. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we have, uh, you know, we just, we bust balls. I bust your balls a lot. You bust mine. And we bust together. We bust Mark Tefner's balls and, and everybody just loves each other. I don't think the love for Mark to us is reciprocated, but, but uh, yeah, it's just all good fun, man. If that's even your name, Mark Tefner, you fucking douche, you fucking dick. Just busting your balls, man. I love you. That's right. That's what we do. But yeah, I mean, the show's, the show's been uh, fairly kind of serious for a while and just kind of level playing field and not anymore. Not anymore. We're just going to say whatever the hell we want. It is what it is. And that's, I think that's what people want to hear. That's why the dick riders aren't talking. Yeah. Everything is so, uh, everybody's so afraid of, of what they, everything is so fake. It's just, I don't think people, I think people are tired of hearing that, man. I think it's all so scripted and fake and everybody's trying to please everybody. You're going to, it doesn't matter what you say. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to piss off somebody. So fuck it. Like whatever. Exactly. So I have had a couple people reach out and say, Hey, I really like the direction of the show. Uh, One person did mention it and said, Hey, I like, I like the camp blood radio title better than return to camp blood. It just kind of opened up. Yeah, I've, I've gotten that a couple times. <clears throat> I definitely appreciate that, but it was just time to breathe a little bit of life into the show and just, like I said, just step outside the box a little bit. People get tired of shit, plus with all the negative crap that's going on in the world. Like I said, we don't we don't really mean any of this personal. We don't mean it towards anybody to try to knock anybody down. We're just having fun, and hopefully you guys are too. So another shout-out to the listeners the last few episodes like i've mentioned and i'll say it one more time they've just been doing great a lot of good feedback a lot of good messages and uh we just appreciate everybody so moving on to tonight's episode since we've pretty much rambled on here for the last 20 minutes and a couple weeks ago a few weeks ago now we covered the 30th anniversary of friday the 13th part eight jason takes a boat ride and kenton even though he said he liked it he was still able to agree with all of the fucking nonsense that you see in it. Well, I pretty much took a steamer all over it. So later on, we got to talking about Freddy versus Jason, and Kent has all sorts of issues with that. So I figured, you know what? I'll just sort of let him do what I did with Part 8, basically do a walkthrough of his issues in sequence of FVJ, and then we'll discuss it just like we did with Part 8. So tonight, what's wrong with Freddy versus Jason? Drunk Uncle Kenton, where do you start? Where the, where the fuck do you start? Pick a, pick a spot. <laughs> I know, I, the, I know. I think, you know, before we even get into the movie, like, the, this movie was doomed from the fucking second that they signed Ronnie Yu on to direct this piece of shit. Fuck you, uh, Ronnie Yu. That's the worst. Uh, how that man, oh, God, I could talk. We'll have to do a whole another episode on Ronnie Yu, but... Uh, the second, you know, he ne- he had never seen a Friday the Thirteenth movie before he before when he took this job to direct this movie, he had never seen a Friday the Thirteenth movie, and he publicly admitted it. Yeah, what the? At fuck? least you could have lied. Come on, <laughs> just say yeah, Dickhead. the hockey mask guy. Say that. Yeah, 
Oh, you mean the guy with the with the knife fingers? You could have at least said something stupid like that. Yeah, just so we we know that you know a little. Like, okay, but that's you know that's a whole different story. First and foremost, this is not a Freddy versus Jason movie. This is a Nightmare on Elm Street movie that just so happens to have Jason in it. Bingo. But that being said, we'll roll right in to the opening of this fucking piece of shit. This movie is actually, you know what? Hold that. We'll get in. We'll just get into the opening. So uh, we get this opening with with Freddy. You know, it's exposition exposition alley where Freddy's talking about everything, kind of glazing over um, the past movies. And then we we get to Jason, and we get the shot of this movie is dripping with the fakest tits that have ever existed in a movie ever. Those that's the worst tit job I've ever seen uh, on, on a model in any Friday the Thirteenth or 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 Nightmare on Elm Street movie, I think. It's the worst. You think it's the worst? It, they're just sitting there like softballs. It looks like. I mean, it looks haven't like. Have you ever somebody... been to any of them backwoods fucking Kentucky strip clubs? I guarantee you've got some just some gnarly ass ones. Nobody, everybody here is spending their money on some boxing. Nobody's buying fake tits. Well, maybe in Tennessee then. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe go down there. There's got to be it's some. Just, it's just so so obviously fake. So like horribly fake. I, Anyways, sorry. They're obviously fake. What I'll (laughs) say, though, they're clearly fucking fake. I get it. I will not disagree with that. It's not the best job in the world. However, at least they're not lopsided. Yeah, because they're not lopsided when you've got somebody with a scalpel with, like, I'm sorry. Okay, whatever. Jason is just, we we find out, you know, Jason is, is, uh, he's, he's, even though it would appear he's dead, he's apparently sleeping. And, uh. And then Freddie comes along and he says, hey, you're not dead. You're just sleeping. He wakes Jason up. Jason is just laying out in the woods. Why the fuck? He's just half decayed, laying out in the middle. How did he get there? Why? What the fuck is going on? Why is Jason just out laying in the middle of the woods, um, decomposing? But, you know, we could probably talk about that for hours because you start trying to figure out where this movie lies in the franchise. That being said, he apparently walks from uh, Crystal Lake to Elm Street. And that being said, Nathan, the walk to Camp Blood from to Elm Street from Camp Blood. I did some math here. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Hit me. Okay. So, uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street takes place in Springwood, Ohio, uh, and Friday the Thirteenth, Crystal Lake is in Cunningham County, New Jersey. Uh, I did some research. That is a if you're in a vehicle, that's a nine hour, six hundred mile drive. Six hundred fucking miles. An average person walks 3.1 miles per hour. That means that it would take an average person 194 hours or eight days to walk from Springwood or from Cunningham County, New Jersey to Springwood, Ohio. Now, as we find out later at the end of the movie, when we get a good shot of Jason, a side profile of him walking, he walks like he's in fucking stuck in slow motion. He walks half the speed of a normal person, which is mind blowing how he would ever make it to kill anybody. But so it would take Jason twice as long for the average person to walk that, meaning it would take him 388 hours or 16 days. So from the time Freddie tells Jason that he's got to go to Elm Street, that was half a fucking month ago. That's true. Everybody's asking how long it would take Jason Voorhees to walk from Camp Crystal Lake to Elm Street. The answer is 16 days, 388 hours total. So there's two things that happened there. <clears throat> One, he teleported. Two, he basically hung onto a plane like he hangs onto a boat, <laughs> and he just flew there. 
And, you know, what a boring movie it would be if we got like a montage of him just walking, walking through a field and then down the interstate, people are honking and it's like Rob Zombie's H2. He's just a fucking transient bum just yeah. walking around like no one thinks anything about it. There's just this big ogre walking through a bunch of cow patties. Like, He's sitting on a curb outside McDonald's eating a thing of fries. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fucking nine more days. Nine more days. And and here's another one that we might we might we could probably even talk on this one quite a bit. Is to add to your thought processes, how the fuck did he even know where it even was? Yeah, that well that's a that's a continuing issue through this movie because it seems Jason has an inner GPS somehow because later he finds him at the hospital. How the fuck did you know they were at the hospital? And how are you moving so fast? Because what we see, you are not moving. So yeah, there's a teleportation issue with this on top of his uh, built-in GPS. You know what? But I love it. Gee, Nathan, I can't, I can't do this with you, man. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it on the boat, but I can do it when we have a crossover film. Because oh, well, fair enough. To, you know, to each their own. Fucking deal with it. <laughs> you have to deal with this it. movie is also dripping with like 2000, early 2000s muck. From the CGI to the uh, the practical to to the clothing, like, and I know no movie ages well most of the time. There's a few, but this just I can't watch this and not think of of like Nickelback music and like that like 2000 model Mustang and and frosted hair tips and seashell necklaces. Yep, I was just gonna say, and uh, and then the the what the fuck do you want? Oh, the hemp necklaces with the little stoner fucks. Yeah, I wore those. <laughs> I'm sure you did, you frosted tip clown. I had the frosted tips too. I did I too. I'm like not the guy that lie. Jason kills in this movie, like every every character. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Should I just seen a picture of myself from 2003 and I had fucking frosted tips? I'm like, what the what a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, you looked like uh, you looked like the uh, guy that would be out in the field in this movie. The this invite only corn poke. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it is very dated. You're right. Because the whole, the rave thing, which sorry, people, the rave atmosphere fucking blew in the early two thousands. And for those of you who still do that shit, it fucking still blows. Find something else to do. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. But, I, I, it's, I, I watched, I watched that shit and I get like anxiety, just the, the fucking blaring noise and the flashing lights and the elbow to elbow and everybody's bouncing. I just want to, Start fucking swinging bows just watching it. Oh, yeah. Super fucking annoying. But the clothing styles, yeah. But I can say now that shit, 2009, it's 10 years old, and it looks dated. No. Not as bad. Not as bad. No, not as bad. Not as bad, but it it's starting to look dated. But you're right. That era, that early 2000s era, <clears throat> it definitely, you're right. But, um, yeah, I hear that that banter a lot is... How did Jason even know where Springwood was? And like I said, maybe we'll talk about that later, but we've got a lot more to cover. So, yeah, I'm just throwing that in there as far as the whole travel thing. It, it just kind of is what it is. So I, I I guess it works for some films, but others it just doesn't. So I don't know. It does not. So, you know, we, we find out Jason is on his way to Elm Street. Let's fast forward 16 fucking days. Um, okay. we we're having a house party. We, we get introduced to all of our, all of our cast here. Um, and then, you know, this dickhead just 
barges on into this house that he doesn't know. And the second you see him, you th- or I do, I think, well, this fucking dude is definitely dead. There's no way in hell because he's so cartoonishly a douche. Uh, you know what I mean? Did you feel like that when you saw that dude? Uh, what was his fucking name? Uh, Trey. Oh, that, Trey was absolutely. His name. Yeah, absolutely. So we get an exposition overload again uh, about Will randomly. It seems so. The, the dialogue in this movie is god awful. And I'm looking at you, Kelly Rowland, because Jesus, it's it's so horrible. It's like uh, you hired a, a bunch of 14 year olds to write to write the script for this thing. And not to mention the homophobic slurs. Yeah, the I think Kelly Rowland calls Freddie a faggot at the end of this movie, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> There's no need for that. Like, what? And I guess that shows the, the datedness of it as well. But uh, I'm surprised that people even watch it and they're not offended by that. Oh, I'm sure they are. This isn't a movie for uh, for anyone left of the spectrum, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. So, uh, you know, this, this, these bunch of teens are just hanging out in this house and then... Uh, this random dude that that that's never been in this house. This isn't his house. He just says, "Hey, we're gonna go fuck in this room upstairs. Deal with it, biatch." Uh, so they just yeah, did you notice that? <laughs> <laughs> he just like it's up here. Let's go. Like it's his house. This yep. dude is so dead. Yeah, he pretty much runs the show. Apparently, uh, I, I will say I think his kill is pretty good. Um, I, I think it's memorable in the in the whole movie. I think it's probably the most memorable, aside from uh, the stoner, uh, him getting fucking impaled fifty times and then folded up in that bed. That's pretty sweet. It is, yeah, definitely. So uh, we roll out from the house party into the police station. Uh, a bunch of you know, homeboy got killed. Um, that's when we meet this this fucking cop that looks like Nick Swartzen and Brecken Meyer fucked and had a had a retarded offspring baby. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's pretty much the best description you could give it right there. He does, man. Looks like Nick Swartzen and Breckenmeyer had a one night stand and made that dude. That's exactly yep. what it looks like. You are correct. So, uh, you know our 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 main our main protagonist here. She she falls asleep. Um, and a, a running issue with this movie, <laughs> I think it's probably the worst issue, man. Is everybody in this fucking movie is narcoleptic? Like. What? They are absolutely. They're, they're talking one minute and then they're having a nightmare. Like you, you don't need you need to go see a fucking doctor because you guys are just drifting off. Yeah, am I wrong? No, you're you're exactly right. So uh, everybody's falling asleep randomly. She meets the the little girl in the hallway. Her eyes are are hanging out of her fucking head. Well, there's just big holes. Nobody saw that coming. Her back was to you. I know you probably thought. She was going to turn around and just have a, a good, clean, cute little face, didn't you? Um, I don't remember what my initial thoughts were, so I, I really don't know back then. It's been too long. Uh, it's obvious that she's going to turn around and, the, and her face is going to be fucked up. Um, have, I, have, I, have I skimmed over anything you wanted to cover yet? No, I mean, like I said, I'm, I can certainly understand why people just shit all over this movie. I do. I get it. <clears throat> There's a lot of things that I don't like either. The, the one thing that I'll just say about it is there's some cool shit, but I'm just glad that we have it. I wish there would have been other scripts used, and I wish fucking dickhead Ronnie you would have had nothing to do with it. But still, it was a hurdle to get the movie, and I just, I'm just so glad that we got it. And also, I think I've mentioned before that, like I said, I was 21 when this came out. 
So it was a big deal to me as a, as a fan being able to actually see something right right then and there, being able to see it go through promo and advertising and all that in real time and not like as a kid kind of barely remembering things. I almost say barely, but just having flashbacks of the video stores, just being like, oh, that's cool, but actually getting to live the entire experience. Yeah, I, and I, you know, I got to experience that with the 2009 remake. Um, I, I, I know I saw this in theaters too, but I didn't really like let let out my like horror nerd, you know, until I was until I was in my later, well, probably mid twenties. So when this came out, I, I did go and see it, but I kind of, you know, kept it to myself. Um, if that makes any sense. Yeah. No. Definitely. So as far as that goes. I can shit all over it all day too, because it does have a ton of issues, but I have shit tons of collectibles. I do a versus costume. I've got figures. I mean, this, that, and the third, you name it. It's, it's right up there with all my other collectibles, even though I have a shit ton of issues with it. Now, if I may have is backing it up to like part eight, if that would have been like, if I would have been living that experience, then maybe I might've thought differently, but you didn't live the experience and you're okay with part eight. Whereas I just can't, I just can't deal with some of the bullshit in there. Yeah. But you know, to me, like part eight is just a, I know I said it several times in the episode. It's just a fun movie, man. Like it's not something that I'm thinking about. It's just, I'm fucking eating pizza and laughing and, and just having a good time. Like I said, you know, it's, it's little Debbie cakes that don't have semen in them. <laughs> the jizz and mayo filled. Yeah. <laughs> just old mayo and hot semen. Just- I think you made uh, Jim Ingram's day with that comment. He he really <laughs> found that amusing. Yeah, he actually personally messaged me and was like, "That was just that was the best, man." <laughs> he did me too. Yeah, I'm like, "Oh, just wait, we've got some more for you." It's just random spontaneity. So our uh, leading lady here, she she leaves the police, or we we leave the police station, and, and we go to the to the porch of uh of fucking blake and uh he has a a very poorly acted little confrontation with his pops there and uh then gets to see freddie you know this of of all the movie this little cgi portion uh kind of pays you know homage to the original but uh the cgi isn't that bad it's it's not great but in comparison to everything else it's not that bad when you know the shadow of freddie comes out and kind of becomes 3d and slashes at him Oh, absolutely. So, uh, you know, he, he wakes up and, and Pops is sitting there just kind of staring off. And even though <laughs> uh, we don't see any any cut or anything on the neck, he, he sits there for like, I don't know, eight, nine, ten seconds. And then the head fucking pops off like it's on a spring. It just pop, pops off. <laughs> did you yeah. notice that? Like it's spring-loaded. Well, and how did Jason know that he was having a heart-to-heart having a drink with Pops? Exactly. He's just standing by, just twiddling his thumbs. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I know. <clears throat> I know. That's that's one that makes you think, too. Like, this is pretty random compared to, like, a house party. This is just, one, you know, like a one-on-one conversation, and then all of a sudden, you've got a perfectly Jason's sliced... little GPS. Yep, and a perfectly sliced neck. Uh, like surgical. Like, sur- exa- that's what I was just going to say, like a, a surgeon... And then later on in the movie, we'll get there in a minute, but later on he hits Kelly Rowland with it, full throttle, full force, and and makes a little slash on her chest. It doesn't even... 
<laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Nothing is consistent with this movie. Thanks, Ronnie. You. You fucking God. You're worse than fucking. What's that guy's name? The dude Mark that Tefner. Mark Mark Tefner. Yeah, I already forgot. He's so forgettable. I can't remember his name. Five minute increments. But. <laughs> oh my God. So we roll out from the porch to the uh, to the mental ward. Uh, I do like this uh, this friend character. Um, I had all the names. I, don't, I left I left some of my notes, but uh, you know Jason Ritter's best friend there. I like that character. I, I do enjoy that character. Um, but why do all movies, all movies, every single one of them, anytime they're doing a, a shot inside an insane asylum, uh, everybody is just really itchy. Like all the patients, everybody around them is just. It's like the the director of every movie goes. Your, your neck is itching. Your your scalp is itching. Just everybody's scratched. That's how you play crazy. I'm. I know that with what you do, you've been around crazy people. I'm not going to say what you do, but with what you do, you've been around crazy people. That is not how crazy people act. No, not really. At times. So, uh, oh, I, w- I will tell you a funny story about the uh, the asshole. Uh, so his buddy, you know, to, to pull this big scheme off. He pushes his ass against the window, and it made me think about. <laughs> it's pretty funny uh, though to see him, and then see him being drunk on the too. hallway. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, fucker, we got you, you fucking clown. Yeah. Like that's pretty funny. I, I thought that was a pretty funny part. So uh, this this anytime I see this scene, it makes me think. Um, I worked in corrections for a long time. You know that. Uh, and uh, our office for the facility was connected to a a suicide cell which is somebody who was on suicide watch an inmate that said they were going to kill themselves and uh it had a big window that connected from our office into the suicide watch cell and the only thing that kept that gave them privacy was a set of blinds that we kept closed most of the time so we had a young lady in there on suicide watch one time and and she was uh problematic to say the least we had a lot of issues out of her somebody that i had booked in on several occasions so everybody's just kind of hanging out in the office one day, waiting to ha- hand out chow. And uh, there's a little, little peck on the on the glass there, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the one of the uh, the other officers uh, uh, kind of fucking opens the blinds up there, and this lady, <laughs> this chick had had pressed her asshole up against the window. <laughs> oh, very nice. And when the blinds raised up, she started shitting. So you just see this this little like raisin start forming and it just pushes it up like, like, a, like a star crunch. <laughs> you had a fresh star crunch. Yeah. 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 Just front row seats, baby. Just there you go. That's fucking awesome. A lot of guys would pay to see that kind of horrendous shit. I was going to say, I mean, with all the fucking freaks out there, I mean, she could make some money now. I uh, hope she's doing well. Sweet lady, real sweet girl. Oh, I can imagine. But, <laughs> <clears throat> um so we leave the uh you know the insane asylum and uh we go to our leading lady's uh father's house um he's drugging her with the hypnoseal we find out and then cops just kind of mosey on in without knocking or anything they just walk in and let him know that the two jack wagons at the uh the asylum have escaped yeah just they just happen to be there everybody teleports Everybody fucking teleports in this movie and nobody has any respect for another person's house. They don't. It just, you just come and go as you please. 
Jason I mean, Ritter climbing up the side of the house and watching homeboy murder his wife, even though it's not him. Like, it's just people are fucking bananas, man. Yep. Trey just running the show. And I mean, yeah, everybody just does whatever they want, wherever they want. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, I know that you've, you've had to have found an issue up until this point that I haven't, that I haven't discussed yet. I mean, there's issues. Right, so what about something that you loved? Um, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that I really like in the movie, but I have issues with like the entire fucking film for reasons like you're saying, and then et cetera, et cetera. On top of that, it's, it's pretty much entirely ridiculous, but I just, I just, I have to go with it because like I said, it was, I mean, I don't know. Now that I'm kind of older, I could easily shit on it more because before once I remember like the first few times I watched it, and I'm like, you know, this movie like is kind of disappointing, but I really don't want to admit it like one of those deals. And uh, then do you enjoy it in the same way that I enjoy part eight. Yes. In this in a similar sense. Now, I can't tell you the last time where I said, fuck it, I'm going to sit down and watch Freddy versus Jason. If I did, I was probably drinking and like had something on my laptop or I was working on something else and it was like playing in the background. I probably haven't watched it by itself and I'm going to say like maybe four or five years, somewhere around there. And Or if it's like on Halloween time when they're doing like a, a movie marathon or whatever, but I probably haven't popped it in the, the DVD player in at least five years. So it's one of those where I basically played it out in my younger years and I just revisited like every once in a while. Now convention stuff, collectibles, I'll still buy those and I'll still add those to the collection. Um, but I've got maybe off the top of my head, like maybe four cast sign versus posters that I'm working on. Some of them more complete than others, but one that I've got like pretty much every, all the main people that you see in the movie, but I've got a ton of pictures and shit. A lot of stuff I've sold, but I'll always continue to add collectibles, but I do. I have, I have a shit ton of issues with it more so now that I'm older because it's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm tired of acting like I don't have any issues with it, but it's something I can still watch. Like with you in part eight, you sit there and say, yeah, I've got, I can shit all over this, but I still think it's fun. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I would say the only one that I have seen, less than this one is is probably jason x I, I i think maybe in my whole life i've watched jason x maybe maybe six times five or six times and that's probably the one in the entire franchise that i've watched the least that being said you were talking about conventions does monica kina and or jason ritter do conventions i don't think i've ever seen either one of them at a convention i've seen monica maybe three or four times and i have not seen jason at one i've seen i've been to I've been to a Freddy versus reunion. I went to the 10th anniversary that was in Indianapolis at horror hound. Um, yeah. Or wait, let's see, which one was that? It was the, yeah, it was the 10th reunion. Cause it, yeah, it was 2013 and that was at horror hound um, six years ago. So, or wait, God damn, I gotta, I'm all fucked up with my ears now. Um, I guess with all these reunions and shit we've been talking about, but no, it, yeah, it was, it was the 10th anniversary in, in 2013 that they did have a whore around Indianapolis and they had a shit ton of people there, but it was the most common ones. It was Monica and, uh, 
obviously like Douglas Tate, Robert England, Ken Kersinger. I'm trying to remember who else was there. And uh, there was four or five others. But I've I've seen some of the other cast members at other random shows. And some of them are pretty rare signatures as far as autographs go. Yeah, it but, seems like out of all the movies, this cast is the is the least like frequent in the in the convention like circuit anyway, aside from Ken. Yeah, Ken does quite a bit. And then I think it was two years ago, no, three years ago at Flashback Week in Chicago, they had a bunch of FVJ people like Paula Shaw, who was Mrs. Voorhees. I she was there, Catherine Isabel, which I've seen her several times anyway, and uh Jesse Hutch, who was Trey. He was there, and I was able to, you know, get get a couple other signatures. I'd never seen Jesse or Paula Shaw, and like Glenn Ennis, who was stunt Jason that did the burn scene at the at, in the cornfield. He yeah, was yeah. at a small show in St. Louis a couple of years ago, and I was able to send my stuff with a friend, and he he added that signature. And I, that's the only that's one of the only shows that Glenn's ever did, it's still to to this day. Like yeah, I know he's scheduled, he's scheduled for one coming up, I think next month. But he's only like maybe only done like two or three ever. That's a really hard signature to get on FEJ stuff. And then there's there's been a couple other random ones. I'd have to go through my my stuff and like look. But um, Lachlan Monroe that played Deputy Stubbs, he was at a, he was at that Horror Hound anniversary show too. And there's a guy that he's pretty busy, so he, he does do conventions, just not that many. So it's not like his signature is impossible, but. I've got I've got some pretty good ones as far as FVJ goes. That's for damn sure. I would just Jason Ritter hasn't really done anything since this, has he? I'd have to look up IMDb. I'm not really sure. I don't feel like I've seen him, and he's also John Ritter's son, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think he'd have all the connections? He should have been in fucking the Avengers doing something with how much of a powerhouse his dad was. Uh, Zach Ward when we were at. Whorehound Columbus back in what November 2017. Uh, Zach Ward was there. Yeah, that cool dude, awesome dude. Yeah, he's uh, one that does a, a few shows a year. It looks like, and um, yeah. So I mean, the the main characters. I mean, I can see like Kelly Rowland at one at least, probably not anytime soon, until and until she starts getting hate mail over calling Freddie a faggot. Then you might she might oh, start. That's, getting, yeah, wait till that services. Uh, yeah, wait till that be on her. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like rabid dogs. Oh, it's yeah. So she might not ever get a convention invite as far as that goes. Because I mean, Jesus Christ, nowadays, oh, you you say that word, you're banished from the convention that's, circuit or anything for that matter. That's a death penalty, I think. I that's think in California. Curse. That's a death curse. You don't even get three strikes. In California or New York City, that's that's the death that's the death penalty. Holy shit. So yeah. Um but like I said, I can shit all over the movie. There's there's tons of shit that I dislike with it, but I like hearing your issues with it because they are mine too. But like I said, I just kind of tolerate shit like you do with eight. Okay, well, fair enough. Well, we'll move on then. So uh, we we uh, we leave Dad's house. You know, we leave Lori's dad's house, uh, and we go to the school. And uh, I think. I don't know how your high school was, but at my high school, they don't just let fucking random people off the street in to roam the halls freely, just looking for people. <laughs> okay, well, nowadays that would that shit would never fly because since everybody wants to shoot everyone, you gotta you can only walk in. In most schools, whether you live in rural Kentucky or you live out in L.A., 
there's only certain entrances that you can walk into that are monitored. But back in the day, that it wasn't like that. In my in my high school, you could walk in in and out of anywhere. Now the dean of students or a teacher or somebody might knock you out for leaving if they seen you leave. But you could come and go out of any of the doors, and nobody nobody'd say a goddamn thing about it unless it was faculty. Yeah, see, I went to high school from 2001 to 2005, and ours was on, and this is in Backwoods, cousin fucking Kentucky. Like, the doors were locked. They were pretty, we were on lockdown even then. Yeah, so, see, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a regional thing, and that's not the way my school was, though. Yeah, I went to high school in the mid to late 90s, and it was not like that at all. But, you know, uh, fucking 9 11 happened. And then other shit starts happening. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Fucking Middle East. Fucks. (laughs) Fucking assholes. Fucking running into our World Trade Centers. Fucking dicks. Our goddamn schools are on fucking complete lockdown. Just Jesus Christ. Anyway, sneak out and smoke a cigarette. (laughs) Can't leave for lunch now. So Mark Mark and Mark and Will are, are, are looking for Lori. Um, they know that she's she's just had somebody brutally murdered in her house. She's probably on edge. She's probably not sleeping well. So the best thing to do as far as, you know, Mark is concerned is fucking scare the shit out of her. You got to get in her face. You got to make eye contact. You got to say the most horrendous things. <laughs> of course. Duh. <laughs> you dummy. So uh, about that time, Will comes in from the opposite direction that Mark did which also doesn't make any sense that they split up and then just meet at Lori. Apparently they have GPSs built into them too, but whatever. So uh, moving on, uh, they just let Lori go to sleep at school in the nurse's office because she got a little scared. Uh, and that's, and then this is the scene where we get the most horrendous nose job CGI that I think I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, Jesus. It looks like it was made on Microsoft word by my four-year-old daughter. And that easily probably did happen. It is really, it doesn't even move right with her face. Like it kind of. <laughs> no, it doesn't. The, the way her head like swings up. back and her nose, the wound is like still on her Adam's apple. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. So uh, we find out that's a dream and then we move on to the field party. Uh, and, you know, right off the bat, did you, did you go to parties in high school? Oh my God. Yes. All the yeah, time. I did too. Lots of them. Did anybody at any party that you ever went to while you were in high school actually dance? Uh, I don't remember, but the ones that I kind of do recall that <clears throat> now see, we didn't, we didn't do this rave with this dumbass that dumbass music shit. No, my, I didn't, that was not my click. So my click, we, there could be like a couple hundred people around, but you got to think like this was in the nineties still. So we were like probably listening to like Dr. Dre, the chronic. Oh or, God, that was a good fucking album. Exactly. Or like not, you like Cypress Hill or yeah. like Pantera, corn, limp biscuit. Like Nathan, we would have been best friends in high school. I'm telling <laughs> did you. We just, did we just become best friends even I though you we were did in high again. school? Yeah. <laughs> Eminem. Uh, God like damn it. it. I'm bringing my fucking book of CDs to Horror Hound. God damn it. We're not, we're just going to sit and just fucking just shuffle through them. We're going to bring a fucking, we're going to sit out in the foyer right by the walkway that goes out to the parking deck like we did last year. I'm going to bring a goddamn CD player in my CD book and we're going to fucking Facebook Live 
and go through CDs and talk to people as they walk by. I, I'm gonna I like that. Cross my tips before we, before I come to Horrorhound too. I'm gonna fucking do it too. <laughs> I have a fucking Limp Biscuit shirt that I got from a concert in November of 1999 from the Significant Other tour, and I bet you it don't fit me at all. I don't know if I can even get it over my head, but I'm gonna wear that son of, that son of a bitch. You just wait. I think that the Marshall Mathers LP, the second album released by Eminem, is maybe one of the greatest albums that has ever been made in history. Oh, it's fucking, it's awesome. Absolutely. So <clears throat> while we're like down at the river having bonfires and shit, I, I grew up not far off of a major river. So we hung out down there and we did normal shit. You, everybody backed their cars up. Most of us had stereos. Somebody, you know, you know somebody sitting in the car playing DJ. Here comes the coolers. So it was like everything that you see there, but a bunch add like get rid of the stupid ass music and the the dipshits and then throw a bunch of cool cars in there and decent music. That was like our party and, and like a super awesome bonfire. Yeah, see, I can relate to that. I can relate to that hardcore, and that's the issue. I feel like any high schooler during this time period could relate to that because that's how parties actually are. So it would be easier for them to shoot and it would be more realistic. I feel like, and and it would, I don't know, man. I just, I've never seen anybody actually dance at a, at a, at a house party ever or a field no. party. And, I, and most of the parties I went to were in fields because 95% of my fucking hometown is fields. No, I don't really recall anybody dancing <clears throat> because for one, that's just, you look like a fucking idiot. And second of all, if they were dancing, they were like mocking somebody like doing like whatever the, whatever like dance was popular at the time. Like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I can't even think of one off the top of my head, but uh, the like yeah, like that, like a fad dance. That there'd, <laughs> there'd be like a song about like somebody would like mock that, like the Tootsie Roll or oh, no, Backstreet you know, Back. All right. The one where they're they're ventriloquist dolls. Yeah. You, usually people would, would mock something like that. They yeah. wouldn't actually be doing it or you didn't have you didn't have these dickheads be like, oh, let's go out and do the chicken dance. You would have got laughed out of the fucking party. If you ever thought you would got beat up and laughed out of the party and been banned from the group. Yeah, we don't we don't we didn't dance. It was too much no. too many Caucasian people. Fucking stupid. <laughs> Absolutely fucking stupid. Nobody danced. Even at house parties, it was the exact same thing. People would just hey, uh oh you got you got a basement with a pool table and a couch and a fireplace and your parents don't give a shit if underage people come in and get drunk. Oh, okay, we'll go over to your house. Same exact thing. The same exact. But that being said, you didn't just go over to their house and then say, I'm going upstairs to bang. No, no. <laughs> yeah, you your house, man. No, you didn't get to like knock on the door and, you know, hey, uh, I don't, whose room is this? Oh, it's so, oh, it's Brian's sister. Oh, hey, Brian's sister. Get out. Not, not now. <laughs> not, not now. Get out. I don't care if you have to get up and go to work in the morning. Get out. No. So, that, that uh... shit didn't <laughs> And even if your parents were gone, I mean, here, here's the thing. Now, I'll just kind of throw this out here because maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I've seen some situations or maybe I've been involved in some situations. But sometimes people are respectful and say, you know what? I don't really want to fucking, who wants to leave a big mess on their bed? You know what I mean? Yeah, nobody wants that. Like, if it's not your own recipe. That's, fucking, that's wrong to do. I'm sorry. That, I'm, I'm sorry. That but, like a house... I'm not going to say I haven't done that at the house of somebody that like I didn't like, but like, if it's like a friend's house, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to be respectful. I'll take it to the washer and dryer. I mean, you're not going to leave pecker tracks all over the bed and then just bounce. No, you like, want to do it on something bullshit. that's got like a smooth surface, a glass, a metal surface that's easily wipeable with a Lysol wipe. That, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, at least, so you you have the same respect. Like, you're not going to trash this unknown bed. And here's the other thing: is how many people were doing things on that bed prior you don't know what they did prior yeah did she's really it? easily letting you go up there and do that you might want to double think because she she sure did give in awful easily well no i mean i don't you know there's a lot of sluts out there but whether that's male or female especially in the 2000s baby especially in the early 2000s people were fucking getting getting down i'm telling you backstreet boys were getting everything right i was in college when the backstreet boys thing was going down with the frosted tips and it was like it was like a party every night. Yes, it was It was going down. But what I'm saying is if you go into somebody's house, let's even say that it was on a college campus, you're partying at a college campus, and you go upstairs of the house that you don't know, and you lay on that bed, what disease that you did you just contract by simply being even in the room, let alone on the bed where 40 other people were philandering on? Yeah, like, You I know mean, what I mean? Like, yeah, a, yeah. I'm, I'm not doing that. No. And half those half those college campus dorm rooms had mold in them. I don't. Maybe yours were different. I don't. <laughs> I lived in two different dorms, and th- th- yeah, they weren't like that. But I'm just saying. I mean, sometimes you just got to have a little bit of respect for where you're at. If you're at your friend's parents' house and you don't want to go, you know, philandering up the bed at whatever room, you have some respect. If it's a college house and you go upstairs, you don't know what other shits happened up there. I mean, it's you maybe sometimes it's better maybe just to wait and go back to your own house. I'm just saying. you know I, I never did that to other people's other people's beds and stuff. Not because I was afraid of of catching something that they had, but I didn't want them to catch something that I had. Or that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or that too. And also, like, who who wants to fuck in a cornfield? Sorry, not not really interested in that. And here's the thing: I always drove. I always drove muscle cars. I mean, primarily like I had Camaros. Had, yeah, had a I had few, a Camaro. Couple, not really a Ford guy, but I had a couple Cobra Mustangs. But I'm a lot larger than average, and I can't fucking fit in there. Let alone adding another ninety pounds of someone or 110 pounds or whatever they weigh. Let if they're bigger than 110, they probably aren't going to fit anyway. You know what I'm saying? You've been yeah, there. yeah. So. Your options are very limited if you say, I don't want to fuck in the cornfield, but let's go to the car. Yeah, and those Camaros, they had bucket seats in the back. You remember, they would swallow you if you tried to sit in the back of one of them things. I mean, unless yeah. you're both five foot two and 110 pounds, that's about the only way you're going to really like have uh, any sort of enjoyment in your 89 IROC. You know, and if you're with just... me, it's only going to be three seconds. Even at that, I mean, <laughs> well, you might be, yeah, okay. I mean, you know, you, your wife's only like four foot six. So, I mean, yeah, that could have, you two, that could have worked. That could have been a really good three seconds. I'm married for fitment, man. I'm, I'm just saying that's, you did, you picked, you picked her out because it's like, well, can she fit in my 89 5.0? Can't she? I don't, yeah. Okay. You're, you're the only one, you're the only one in my county. I'm going to pick you because you can fit in the 5.0. And, you know, we got an expedition now because we got family and, and that's got plenty of room, but now the kids are there. So it's just, it's awkward for everyone as well. A little too late. Because then you say, oh, everyone's drunk. We'll just, you know what? Just, we'll just put it on the hood. 
And then there's that one guy that kind of has his eye kind of half open that's kind of hoodwinking at you, and you're like, okay, this is just weird for everyone. So let's just <laughs> just go back to your house, people. Just go back and to your here, house. And here, he's usually related to you. And well, yeah, no shit. It's probably your cousin you're getting hoodwinked by. Next thing you know, he's standing. You can feel him breathing on the back of your neck. You're like, whoa. And then he never pays you the five bucks afterwards that you told him you would charge. Exactly, you fucking dick. <laughs> It's weird for everyone. I'm talking to you, Lenny. You still owe me 15 bucks, you fucking piece of shit. Fucking dick. <laughs> Pay up, bitch. So moving we're gonna, on. We're going to send Todd after your ass, motherfucker. <laughs> no, Todd. He, yeah, he's coming for you, bitch. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead Todd. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's like 13 of them in my hometown. Oh, Same car, too. I swear to God. So, yeah. So, I mean, back to the dancing. No, nope, nobody really ever did that shit. So that's pretty ridiculous because that's just not going to happen. Not gonna happen. But you know, we we get we have to deal with that and more shitty dialogue from Kelly Rowland and and ridiculous insults. That's also when Linderman gets his little ball sack together and finally tells her to go fuck herself, basically, which we find out later for whatever reason seems to like she kind of likes it, but you know, whatever. So uh, Gib and uh, and the raper, the the fucking neon raper, uh, get impaled right before Freddie gets Gib himself. And then we see Jason throw the uh, throw the uh, raver about a quarter of a mile, which and in that sentence, that is the biggest issue I have with this movie. I think out of everything, out of everything in this entire movie, my biggest issue with this movie is how easily bodies fly in this fucking film. There's just like, bodies flying everywhere with such little ease. They're like on a springboard. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that's that's pretty much some bullshit, and it just it adds on to the ridiculousness. It's, it's so cartoony. It's all, I was just going to say the same thing. It's very cartoonish. The whole entire movie is very cartoonish, and I've never tried to challenge that because it is, and especially with some of the, the Freddy versus Jason sequences and, you know, the, the pinball episode where he's bouncing all over hell, and then when he's uh, – I mean, shit, the list, it just goes on forever. I mean, there's no point in naming all of them because it's literally everything. It's every 10 minutes. There's just a, a, a body flying for no reason. Yep. But anyways, so Gib gets it. And then uh, Ben Kissel from the last pos- pod- podcast on the left gets gets fucking killed standing next to Artie Lang um, out here in the field. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what these two guys look like. It's like Ben Kissel from podcast, last podcast on the left and Artie Lang hanging out here drinking. You'll never convince me that either one of these two guys are 18 years old. Uh, one of them already has erectile dysfunction. But yeah, one, one of them is easily like 43. Yeah, 43 years old, playing an 18-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And what are you doing fucking hanging out in the middle of the cornfield? Yeah, what are I, they? they're getting ready to blow each other. I think I was going to say, I think they're getting ready to, you know, do a little philandering with each other out in the corn in the cornfield. Yeah, they were keeping it secret. There's still a time, like we mentioned earlier, where people are, you know, so comfortably throwing around the f bomb. Uh, it was just a romance that wasn't meant to be. Exactly, because they obviously didn't care about anything going on at the party, and they were pretty far away from the party. So you don't go back that far in the cornfield to take a leak. No, I'm sorry, not you don't do you that. Penis in your hand and not yours. Yeah, exactly. I mean. <laughs> I think somebody clearly got let out like a quarter mile into the field, got let out there by the wiener. <laughs> and, you know, that dude playing Ben Kelsey is pretty good looking. Hey, I, I don't blame Artie. 
you know, I'm not going to knock on the guy. I so mean, anyway. <laughs> didn't even have frosted tips. What do you, what, what, don't you have any standards? Come on. <laughs> Fuck's wrong with you, boy. So Artie Lane gets impaled by a flaming machete that somehow doesn't go out after going through his body cavity. And that's when we get the uh, fiery Jason slaughter fest, which in my opinion is actually pretty fucking badass. I like it, but here's the thing. He fucking walked that far on fire and did not get engulfed entirely in flames at any point in time. Walking Frankenstein style. You see yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm yeah. Sorry, no, I agree. About, about an eighth of a mile, you would have been completely engulfed into flames, and it's fucking ridiculous. He'd been walking around at the very least naked with platform shoes. He would have been like basically like a burning skeleton in platform shoes. Yeah. Which is nah. Now that I, I think it's kind of kind of terrifying. Yeah. Right. That's kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is kind of terrifying actually, especially if he's still holding a machete. Nonetheless, like you know, the whole sequence is pretty cool, especially I like it when the beer, he hits the keg and the beer and you get this just like sud soaked, messed up Jason standing there dripping. I think that looks pretty cool. Absolutely. I do. I agree with that. That's a pretty cool look. And then of course he's just fucking mad. Now he's mad. Now you done pissed him off. Yeah, he is, but then we just leave the scene, so we don't know what happens after that. Yep, which is fucking horse shit. And that's when we get the van ride home, which is, uh, we we see, you know, uh, they drop each other off, like they just had a successful party, everything went to plan. Shit may have went slightly askew, but overall it was a pretty good party. Everybody seems to be dealing with the brutal murder of of their best friend pretty well. Um, they're just like, ah, just call me tomorrow. I fucking hate that, uh, that Gib got fucking murdered back there that sucks well that, that's terrible <laughs> yeah, just he, call you me know tomorrow. What? and then and then and then that that fucking that psycho in the hockey mask that's real he fucking macheted my goddamn keg and now i can't even return it and get my deposit back at the liquor store <laughs> we're and out of not, keg we're out of best friend it's not as fucked this is fucking bullshit i can't even get my 25 dollar deposit back so this is a good time wheel decides uh, to drop on Lori that, oh, by the way, it was, it was a crazy night, but uh, I just wanted to let you know, I fucking saw your dad kill your mom. I got to go, bitch. Yeah, like, peace <laughs> out. <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> the way he says it is so nonchalant. Like, dude, you've had, let's see, they're 18 here. They said that they broke up when they were 14. You've had five years to go over this conversation in your head. You couldn't ease her into that better than what you did? <laughs> nope. No. No tactics there whatsoever. So this is uh this is when we go back to uh the best friend of Will's best friend, and uh we get to see that the uh bully from the a nightmare on Chris uh the bully from a Christmas story uh isn't doing so well. He's hanging out in a tub full of blood. Um and then he gives a whole bunch of also dialogue that doesn't really seem to fit in there. It's like, oh yeah. It, just in case the audience forgot, this is why, as Freddy Krueger, I'm doing all this because I know this sh- this is a fucking shit show. So that's why I'm having Jason kill everybody because everybody forgot. Like even though we've already heard this three or four times, it's just uh, he's, he's he really elaborates on on why Freddy is doing this unnecessarily when it seems like the dude is standing there like okay. But anyways. Uh, so Freddie says Freddie sends his message via backburn that doesn't look realistic at all, and that's when we move to the crack house, where uh, Nick Swardson, the police officer, 
is uh, tells the story of Jason Voorhees that we've heard 300 times, usually at the beginning of every Friday the 13th movie, but this isn't a Friday the 13th movie. This is a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It's well, and now that I think about it, it's Nick Swardson, and it's also a combination of B Rad from Malibu's Most Wanted. <laughs> yeah, uh, what is that dude's name? Uh, Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, he does kind of look. Yeah, he does. Yeah, maybe so Officer Meyer and Jamie Kennedy. Officer Officer B Rad is going through the rundown, and uh, yeah, of course. Um, the shit show basically starts from there. We find out here, uh, Will is really good at, at, at putting two and two and, and 35 together because he just lays out the plot of the movie somehow that he's pieced together, like, like beat for beat somehow. He's like, well, this must be what happened. The fucking hockey dude in the field is just, uh, he's a pawn for Freddy goddamn Kruger. <laughs> like, damn, this guy needs to work for fucking NSA. So, uh, and once again, you know, Kelly Rowland really shows her, her acting chops here. It's just God awful. Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> oh, good Lord. Moving from, moving on from here, we go to the hospital. Uh, they're trying to get the hypnoseal, uh, where we see our Star Trek headquarters. It's what it looks like. Anything that ca- the control room of this asylum could be flying a millennium Falcon. Uh, and we also get to meet the uh, victims of the Matrix, where they're laying on the bed. They're still connected to the system. They haven't been woke yet. That's when we get the bad CGI worm that shows up uh, for the uh, the stoner. Uh, our stoner deep throats this fucking 28-inch long, 30-inch <laughs> round snake like, <laughs> like Jenna Jameson. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> Sorry, man. Give me just a sec. Sorry about that. That's all right. I mean, anyways, um, I, I, no one cares because you were talking about Jenna Jameson deep throating. So. Yeah, well, you know, if I was a professional, uh, you know, this this keeps this keeps the show real. If I was a professional, I would have put that on mute beforehand. It's on mute now. We can carry on. Um, <laughs> so <dick>. yeah, <laughs> homeboy takes the snake. He goes down on it like like Jenna. And uh, and then he gets possessed by Freddy Krueger, which is, uh, uh, I think, uh, I'm trying to think of all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Had he ever possessed anybody? Is that a new concept uh, to the franchise? Of, well, let's of see. Nightmare on Elm Street? No. Um, well, I mean, other than, like, <clears throat> it was kind of the, you know, in part two of you've got the body, I've got the brain. Yeah, 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 that's a good, yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, it's, no, it's not really new. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. Um, uh, the police officer, uh, the fucking Jamie Kennedy cop gets killed. Um, stoner dude pumps Jason's dead corpse full of this drug that wouldn't work on him because he's dead. Um, full of the sleeping shit and puts Jason to sleep. Thoughts? You, you got any? Have, have we skipped over anything that you in particularly loved or hated? I pretty much it, it all. I mean, all of it. It's it's all a giant issue, but some of it plays out okay. I just kind of take it for what it is because I know that they couldn't. It's almost impossible to have 
a 50-50 Freddy and Jason movie. And in this installment, they decided to put Jason in a Freddy film. So some of it, I just kind of have to roll with it just because of that. But yeah, I mean, when Jason gets stabbed in the neck and you're like, that really shouldn't work. Oh, wait, but it does. So and it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> no. And, but then you're back to, I mean, you can debate that as far as zombie Jason, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we can discuss other, other things as far as that goes, but one guy, I don't know if you saw this one guy said that Jason X is a zombie Jason or I'm sorry, human Jason, human Jason. I did see that. I did. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I should ask, well, why do you feel that? Because of the flesh coloredness in the beginning. Yeah, which... because they, they, they go into into depth about how he's indestructible. Yeah. Not a human quality. <laughs> nope. No, it's I'm not. I'm not hating on the guy, man. If that's how he wants to feel about it, that's cool. I'm just it was just an observation that I that I noticed earlier. Right, absolutely. And <clears throat> I guess it's all individually dependent on what you feel. So he didn't elaborate as far as why he thought that way anyway, but yeah. So anyways, I mean, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that that should have worked as far as getting stabbed there and injected, but okay. So it does, but you stupid fucks should have known you weren't going to get very far. You dickheads. Yeah. And, and once again, you know, like we mentioned earlier, how did Jason even know they were at the hospital in the first place? He just, Internal GPS on time somehow. Yep, he just he knows. I guess so, the the weed. I will say the 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 stoner getting ripped in half is pretty cool. Oh yeah, there's there's definitely some cool kill shots in the movie, no doubt about that. But I, I will say I agree 100. There's some good kills in here, and there's some that are just way over the top too. And then of course I also hear people talking about. Why is Jason afraid of water? Blah, blah, blah. And they, they want to pick on that. And it's, I don't understand. I, I guess it depends on what angle you want to take. If you ignore other films, then so be it. But if you're looking at the totality of the circumstance and it's like, okay, Jason's clearly not afraid of water. I mean, look at part eight, look at part six. I mean, there, there's other examples along the way, but it de- it depends on if you want to revert it back and kind of ignore that. Ignore so some of those. Kind of like this movie is picking and choosing from the franchise what they want to keep and what they don't want to acknowledge. Absolutely it is. And part of that is because how do you make the whole concept work if you don't ignore other things? Like how does Jason know where Springwood is? Some things you have to ignore. For the script that they used in this film, there are some things that you have to ignore in order for it to work. If you don't, then it's just a shit show to you right from the start. Yeah, these so, aren't two characters that mesh well without having to be lenient on some things. Right. I mean, you can't unless you're gonna unless you're gonna take them both to a different location for whatever reason. Like, if you were able to transport bodies, you know what I mean. Like, then yeah, that's that's explanatory. But a lot of criticism <clears throat> comes from just not being able to let things go and just say, okay, I'm just gonna roll with this because otherwise this script just doesn't work period yeah yeah i agree i agree but it's fun to talk shit about though yeah it's a lot of fun yeah because there's a lot of issues that could have been resolved that that aren't excusable oh Um, clearly but at this point Lori and the scooby gang uh load up jason's corpse 
into the van, into the, into the, the mystery machine, in the mystery machine. <laughs> and they Dumb make, uh, that's when they embark on their, uh, on their nine hour, 600 mile drive to, to crystal Lake. Uh, I don't know. They were going at warp speed, but anyways, uh, well, it's, it's technically they had a DeLorean motor in it. Oh, so, they should have acknowledged that man. That's, that's important. Movie magic. Yeah. So Jason's uh Jason's in a dream and that's when we get our first legitimate Freddy versus Jason nose to nose fight and it is cartoony and and stupid and infuriating as hell. Oh it's it is absolutely fucking bullshit is what it is. I hate Completely how they bullshit. make a joke of Jason. Oh absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. It's, the the pinball it's, machine noises is is just the, it, I, my eye twitches whenever yeah. it happens. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty bad, and it's way over the top. And I don't think Jason obviously wasn't going to get a fair shake in this movie anyway, because, like you said, it was a a nightmare film that we just we just uh, dropped Jason in for a bit. Yeah, and and you know. We get some bad wire work here, practical effects. It's obvious, you know, Robert England's swinging from wires. Uh, one thing that I do want to say, I haven't mentioned this yet. Uh, I think Robert England is fucking phenomenal in this movie. I love, I love Robert England in this movie. He, anything with Freddie involving Freddie talking is great. I think. Definitely, yeah, it's classic Robert England, no doubt about that. I liked him better in this one than I did in probably. Well, definitely more than in like in five and six. I did too. Maybe, yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> definitely more of like a classic Freddy portrayal as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, this is when we find out that, that Jason is afraid of water, which we just discussed. Um, and that's when Freddy takes his, his blade and goes inception on Jason. He goes into a dream within a dream in a dream that was in a dream. Somehow, we don't, we don't know why. Uh, but he gets inside Jason's brain, even though he's already in his brain. Because it's Freddy's world. He can just do whatever he wants, and he can teleport. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Uh, something really cool here, though. Uh, at the same point, you know, Lori is outside. She puts herself under, because this is just a thing that they do in Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And we get a shot of uh, of young Jason. Isn't it cool how Ari Lehman this makeup is? It's It's Boy in the Lake, almost. It's almost the the prosthetics that Ari Lehman had on in the first one, just on a on a pudgier kid. Compared to what you see, like in Part Eight, compared Holy to what shit. you see in any of the other ones, or any of the other ones for that matter, yes. It's it's they. You could tell that they really lied heavily on the on the makeup for for the first movie to to do this kid's makeup, and I thought that was really cool. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. Uh, you also get this really cool shot of 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 Freddy turning into this this more of a demon than he is anything i don't understand why but it looks cool oh shot yeah comes up out of the water yeah th- that's fucking badass it is it absolutely is i agree 100 percent uh because it wasn't cartoony it, it was genuinely just ba- a badass shot there was no goofiness to it what about freddie getting it on with the camp counselor are you offended by that? that i can dig that yeah those were real that, that yeah. set was real it's kind of offensive yeah, uh, well, yeah, well, maybe, but be, uh, that's typical it would be now. behavior. It would be now. Oh, absolutely. Nothing they couldn't do that now. Compared to what Kelly Rowland drops later. Oh, jeez. Definitely offensive. 
I mean, it should it should just be. I mean, it basically they did that at the right time because now that movie would have just been they would have got shit all over if that oh, was yeah. like if it was now. Yeah, no, there's no way it would it would never make it past the uh, the MPAA. I, I don't think it would. That's like that's like a. Almost on level of like Nazi propaganda in people's eyes now. It's fucking baffling to me, man. <laughs> I, I mean, and, the, and this is coming from some. I, I'm all about gay rights and gay marriage. I love. Gay, I've got. I've, I've. I've got gay friends. Like, but but just the the weight that we put on words is is, is fucking ridiculous. Absolutely, and the liberals would have shit all over this fucking film. Yes. Oh yeah. This this would have been protested and 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 boycotted. Absolutely. That being it's said, sure fun to boycott. It's all you know what outrage where people you know are taking. Before I forget, hang on. Before I forget, since it's so fucking fun to boycott shit right now, guess what we're gonna start doing? We're gonna start boycotting shit. I'm That's boycotting. Right. I'm boycotting um, um, Jason X. And you know what? Jason goes to hell as well. I'm boycotting Jason X, and Jason goes to hell. I'm boycotting Kelly Rowland. I'm boycotting. Um, Did you hear that, Kelly Rowland? I'm yeah. boycotting your ass. I actually, uh, she sent me a message. She's a huge fan of the podcast. So. Well, I'm boycotting her ass anyway. <laughs> I'm boycotting Destiny's Child because fuck I'm, everything she was ever involved in. That's right. I'm boycotting Destiny's Child, too. I'm, add that to the list. She was in Destiny's Child, wasn't she? I believe. Yeah. So uh, Dipshit Whale uh, flips the mystery machine. And uh, once again, Jason's body just goes flying an, an eighth of a mile, like bodies do in this movie for whatever reason. <laughs> There's that springboard. Look out! It's fucking. It's, just, it's a it's a cartoon, so bodies just fucking fly. But <laughs> yep. uh, this is uh, this, and you know, this is where we're leading up to the the big showdown, the big one. This is the fucking Mayweather versus. This is the fucking Mayweather versus De La Hoya. This is the. This is, this the is Tyson versus Holyfield. Yeah, this is Tyson Holyfield. This is Mayweather McGregor. This is what we've waited for. And boy, is it like watching a Looney Tunes episode. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> bad. You know, uh, uh, oh yeah, it should also worth mentioning, this is where Linderman gets impaled on the uh, on the post sticking out of the wall. One of my, my, my poor, one of my favorite characters. You know, I think my favorite character uh, was probably. Why well, can't I remember that? It's 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 Will's best friend. It's probably my favorite character in this movie. But Linder Linderman was probably second. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? And Ronnie, you, I'm boycotting your ass too. I will never watch another Ronnie you movie because it seems like all his movies have this 2000s cartoony, goofy fucking reek to them. Uh, I. I Man, I, I just can't say it enough times. Fuck Ronnie you so hard. That's right. But uh, so Freddie and Jason, they duke it out. Um, Jason grabs Freddie by the shirt and throws him, I don't know, it's my, maybe an eighth of a mile onto a... <laughs> eighth of a mile, that's pretty... That's that's about the, the going rate for that film. I'd say somewhere <laughs> between an eighth and a quarter of a mile. He just tosses him like a baseball, just nonchalantly, and the body just flies through the air. Just like a paper airplane. <laughs> no big deal. 
So uh, this is a uh, this 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 comes to maybe one of my favorite parts in the entire movie, and that's this little spat between Kelly Rowland and Freddy Krueger. And uh, I love man, I love Robert England's reactions to her. She goes, "You coming up a little short there between the legs, Freddie?" And he does that like, yep. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, like I, kinda, I think I like this girl. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> it's almost like, like it's almost like he knows that she's right. He's like, yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. He's he's like, you fucking yeah. That's it. You How'd you know me. that, bitch? <laughs> but then she starts bragging uh, bragging about Jason. She's talking him up and his manhood, and he comes along and kills her. Like, just let her talk a little bit longer, dude. She's yep. <laughs> she did. And then once again, uh, I hate that I have to say it again, man. But the body goes flying an eighth of a mile, <laughs> and this time it's a line drive. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's like fucking Peyton Manning. Look out! I think Peyton Manning was like the stunt coordinator here. I think he's just throwing bombs. <laughs> She's in a straight line, an eighth of a mile, 200 miles an hour. How does that not rip her in half? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's just it's all so over the top that it's just you just got to laugh. I mean, thanks, Ronnie. You never touch a fucking movie again, ever. You stupid dick. You and fucking Maddie or Mark or fucking Manny or Marvin, whatever. What's what's his name? Wait, who? Fucking the dickhead uh, that left the asshole comment, the diarrhea, the shits comment. Uh, oh, fucking Mark Tefner. <laughs> why don't fuck, you, you know what? Why don't Ronnie, you and Mark Tefner, why don't you guys go walk a fucking eighth of a mile into the cornfield, you fucks? Team up and go fucking be cartoons together, you That's dickheads. right. Go drag him. <laughs> go lead him by the wiener out to the cornfield, you fucking clowns. Fucking what what does he call him? Fucking uh, I got it written down here. Just a god damn it, <laughs> just a couple of corn pokes. Those two. Yep, corn pokes. <laughs> Mark Tefner and Ronnie, you the fucking corn pokes. So uh, you know, Freddie and Jason, they duke it out. There's some good stuff here. Uh, not a lot, but there's some good stuff. Um, but it's just overall for me personally, it's just too cartoony. And not to mention. The fucking blood spatter goes an eighth of a mile. Every time yeah. they get fucking stabbed, we get an eighth of a mile fucking blood spray. Everything is, it's this whole movie took place in zero gravity. Do you know, okay, so the fight scene on the dock, do you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of the movie The Addams Family when they're doing their play and they get the arm <laughs> cut off and the fucking blood just gushes yeah. everywhere. <laughs> an eighth of a mile. It does. And they're just spraying all over the stage, just like a huge fucking puddle everywhere. It's like, it's that it's like a fucking grade school FX in the play. It really is. I hadn't thought of, yeah, yeah, you're right. Same, same camp slash. And then it just, (laughs) yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Bloodland on the opposite side shore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we get more flying. Uh, they're just flying all over the goddamn place. And then Jason gets hit with, uh, with these tanks and they carry him like he's a feather an eighth of a mile uh, i was thinking when i was watching this this is essentially like a, a cat versus a dog freddy's the cat jason's the dog you got the big the big dumb like strong animal and then the the small slender fast moving animal uh and i also may have read that at some point in the last 15 years i, I don't know 
but uh that's it man they they duel it out on the on the deck or on the uh yeah out on the uh on the deck and and it's up to the uh, i guess the viewer to decide who wins and i think i think maybe we'll Jason, maybe we'll cut. actually we're not going to debate that right now okay maybe we'll talk about that later as to who actually wins because it's definitely up in the air because Jason's carrying out Freddie's head, but Freddie fucking gets to hoodwinking at the audience. So Yeah, but at the end of the day, who has more body? That's true. <clears throat> that's very true. So maybe we'll debate. Maybe we'll talk about that down the road as far as, like, who was the winner of that. There's too much in this episode to really even begin to even talk about that or we'll fucking be here all night. Yeah. And, you know, that's it for me, man. I, I think my big takeaway from this this flick is is – I love Robert England in it. I think he's the standout in this entire movie. Like he he makes it good enough to where it's worth watching. Uh but he has to make up for a lot of other bullshit and that says a lot about him him being able to play Freddy because he does. Uh and also this is not a Friday the 13th movie. This is a Nightmare on Elm Street movie that has uh co-starring Jason. Yeah. Definitely agree with that. <clears throat> Robert England definitely carries the film and I'm just I'm kind of just really glad too that I didn't have to see any more of of fucking Kane and his shoulders and his breathing all over the place. I don't know if that really would have made it the movie any worse or any better. So uh, <laughs> just going to throw that out there. Uh, Which maybe I'm, we'll maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. I don't want to give away too many episodes. So but yeah, you know, the movie is a fucking it's a dumpster fire. It really is. It's a dumpster fire, but it, it, with that particular script, you just have to deal with it or you just really can't even watch it. And for me, I just remember being so hyped up about it. I'm like, I don't give a shit as long as I get them on the same screen and blah, blah, blah. Because back in the day, Freddie, I was a more of a Nightmare on Elm Street fan than I was a Friday fan. And then as I got older, I became more of a Friday fan than a Nightmare on Elm Street fan. So, like I said, I just wanted the fucking film. So I was... I was ready to deal with the dumpster fire just to get it. It's just for me, man, this could have been so much more. I feel like, I feel like it could have been for all the anticipation. It, it, I just feel like it was like a, just a wet fart. Thanks Ronnie. You you fucking dick. (laughs) You, you ruined this, this huge potential. He did. Could have been amazing. I'm blaming it 110%. I'm blaming it on him, and I'm boycotting your ass, Ronnie. You. And you know, it should also be said that I think Ken Kersinger could have played an awesome Jason. Absolutely, I, and, and think... look at him when he's like going full bore, not doing Frankenstein shit. I mean, anybody can do Frankenstein shit, but I don't really give a shit. It, we can, like I said, we'll talk about it later. But you're going to do what you're fucking directed to do, and if you don't, you don't have a job. So it really doesn't matter if if you're not doing it the way that Ronnie fucking you wanted you to do then you're not going to be in there anyway so it is what it is as far as who played jason in that situation but he did show some flashes of what he would be capable of of doing i just think they had him on a leash man they did absolutely i mean there's no doubt about it but with his impressive resume on imdb absolutely ken could have pulled that off however they wanted him to do it but either way i it's kind of for me like you said i can just have fun with it grab some popcorn, some pizza, grab some beers, whatever, throw it in and just be kind of, I don't want to say okay with what's going on, but I can, I can, it works for me just because of, like I said, where I was at in life when it came out, 
and all those other circumstances that we already talked about. So I just tolerate it. Fair enough, man. That's part eight for me. This won't be one that I revisit often, but uh, it's tolerable. There you go. So final thoughts would be, fuck you, Ronnie, you. Fuck you, Ronnie, you. Fuck, yeah, that's right. Thanks for ruining this fucking film, Ronnie. You were boycotting your ass. But anyways, that wraps up another episode of Camp Blood Radio. So please rate and review wherever you listen to the show at. Also check us out on Facebook at Camp Blood Podcast. And please leave us a review there. We would definitely appreciate it. I know we've gotten a couple more recently, but all the reviews definitely help with the search engines and all that good shit. So if you've got a couple extra seconds, just leave us a, a review and uh, definitely appreciate it. So if you want to check out our back episodes, you can find those on our website, campbelloodpodcast.com. And if you have any questions or suggestions, if you have any suggestions, questions, just whatsoever, anything you want to hear us talk about or talk shit about, drop us a line and we'll add it to the list. Fuck you, Ronnie, you, and fuck you, Mark Tefner. 